Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. We're kicking off season five with my favorite wellness couple, Jason and Colleen Walkup, co-founders and co-CEOs of Mind Body Green, the trusted website and resource for everything in the health space. Over the last four seasons, it's been incredible to look back and realize how many guests I've had on the podcast that I've met through Jason and Colleen. They have created such a beautiful community through Mind Body Green, and I'm so thankful for all that they do. In this episode, we jump right into their annual wellness trends, which I must say are always my favorite go-to resource since they have the pulse on all things wellness. Keep listening to hear all the trends in beauty, health and nutrition, fitness, and home. And wishing you the absolute best 2023. I don't know about you, but I am so looking forward to turning over 2022 and all the possibilities ahead this year. Jason and Colleen, welcome to the podcast. It's so wonderful to see you as always. Likewise, it's wonderful to see your face and thanks so much for having us. Yeah, so great to see you. An honor to be here and looking forward to getting together in Miami soon. I am definitely putting it on my calendar for 2023. That's one of my intentions. So I'm excited to have you guys on today. I I feel like every year I look forward to the Mind Body Green annual wellness trends and you guys have always been ahead of the curve, predicting what's going to happen before it hits mainstream. So excited to get into your main areas today and and we'll kick it off with what's next in beauty. Yeah. So what's really exciting right now is beauty is really becoming synonymous with well-being. The words are somewhat interchangeable in some circles and beauty and well-being is becoming the new expression of personal values for so many women in the same way that that fashion was years ago and an idea that and a trend that our team and I am I'm super excited about is this evolution of the third space i feel like starbucks brought this concept of the third space into the mainstream and now there are wellness centers emerging that have many cross disciplines and modalities across them. It used to be you went to a box for your yoga, you went to a box for your healing and your therapy, and you went to a box for your traditional Chinese um, medicine or whatever whatever your interests were. And now we're having these multiple centers arise that have a lot of modalities. And there's also a focus within it on this idea of community. And not necessarily that you have to be right there next to your community member, you know, doing the good work of your well-being practice, but there is so much value in doing these practices together and the power of, of, of a group. And what this trend started really within, I would say, really expensive kind of higher priced versions of wellness centers. And now it's really coming down to levels that are both more accessible and have some of the newest longevity benefits in them. So if you want to go sauna with people, if you want to go cold plunge with people, because I think it can be really scary to take the plunge on your own, there's now places to do that. So that's that's what gets me exciting about beauty, broadly speaking, in 2023. 
What are you seeing as far as you just mentioned cold plunge and sauna, any other interesting offerings at these wellness centers that you're seeing? And I know here in Boulder, we have a place called Restore, which I think is a, a franchise nationally that offers you know, a variety of the things that just to your point is coming in at a more accessible, it's certainly it's here in Boulder. It's not, you know, just a New York City, LA sort of place. That's super exciting. I think the hot cold therapy, generally speaking, has us super excited for 2023 because it's one of those that just has so much science behind it and so much tradition. And when we think about saunas, they're really accessible if you're in Finland, where you know it, it's a We're part not. of everyone's <laughs> daily routine. But every every sauna study is from Finland. They have the monopoly on sauna study. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's a lot harder to incorporate into your daily routine. And and that's why, you know, some of the cold plunges and sauna trends becoming more accessible, I think, just gets us, you know, really excited because not everyone is willing to invest thousands of dollars in a cold plunge. And they're also, you know, not easy to incorporate if you are living into an apartment dwelling or in a condo. It's just not something that can be part of your day. So I love the idea of doing these things together. And I think you're seeing that happening in groups, which can, which can make it more accessible and just more enjoyable. We know we're in the midst of a loneliness epidemic. So you're kind of, you know, helping advance two elements of your longevity and well-being at the same time. I do love the idea of being able to do it together. As we were talking earlier, I was just away in Mexico with my family and they had in the like women's locker room, they had a hot and cold plunge. And as my mom and I sat there, like forcing my sister to go into the plunge, be like, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. There was a lot to having someone else be there with you and like cheer you on and help you be able to take the plunge, as you said. Well, there's this also, there's this cool new concept, new as a new to America called Therm, T-H-E-R-M-E, which is is global, but essentially it's this like massive scale bathing center is the best way to describe it. And they're coming to America and a, a friend of ours, Bobby Hammond, who actually was the founder of the famous Highline in New York City, which has become iconic, has joined them and is bringing that to the States in a handful of cities where you have like this massive communal bathing wellness center, if you will, that is accessible. And it's, it's super cool to kind of kill birds, till, kill two birds with one stone. I get to go experience this with my friends and also get some health and longevity benefits. That's so exciting. All right, moving on to what is next in health and nutrition? So I think of health and nutrition and, and kind of fitness converging in an interesting way. And, you know, so so much of the, the conversation, I would say in, in more of the holistic space, which is definitely more female than male, around the three, I would say has been centered around more mindfulness-based practices around yoga, around Pilates, around mindful meditation, running, and in some degree, the conversation around resistance training, muscles, protein has, hasn't been part of the conversation, not to say it's not new, you know, building muscles and and going and and doing resistance training and ingesting protein has been around for decades but not really in our world the more holistic world that is a little bit more female centric and so 
we think we're at an interesting inflection point there where it's now clear. And if you're focused on longevity, this needs to be something you're focused on and that, and, and that being resistance training, maintaining and building lean muscle mass and to do so you need to lift things or lift your body in, in a way that you are building muscle. And to do so, you need to ingest protein. And this is where the conversation become very emotional for, for many, because when you think of protein, you generally think of animal products and not to say there, there there's plant-based sources as well, but in the context of this conversation, all protein is not created equal. And so I think we're at this interesting point where if you're focused on longevity, resistance training and building muscle needs to be part of the conversation. And there's a crazy statistic that really illustrates this point. One out of four people over the age of 65 fall. Okay. Mm -hmm. One out of four fall. If you fall, you are twice as likely to fall again. So fall once, the odds of falling again increase significantly. If you fall and break your hip, there's a 30 to 40% chance you die within a year. Wow. Yes. That's incredible. Yes. And so how do you protect yourself from breaking a hip or falling in general? It is maintaining muscle mass and increasing your bone density. And these are things that can be done through strength training, resistance training. And to do that, you need to ingest protein. And so in terms of adjusting protein, many believe who study protein and protein muscle synthesis, you need to ingest approximately 30 grams of protein in a sitting with at least two and a half grams of leucine, possibly three. And there are other key amino acids, but leucine's a, a core amino acid. And in order to promote protein muscle synthesis to build muscle. So the question is, what are the best sources to do that? And it's animal sources for the most, and there are some plant sources, but you have to ingest a lot of it. And so the bigger picture, it's safe to assume that we're probably not consuming enough protein because it's not just the 30 in one, at least 30 in one sitting. The, the RDA for protein is many believe is really the, the guideline is for people who aren't looking to build muscle and are sitting around it. It's an ancient guideline. And if you want to build muscle, many think that you need close to, and I, I can't do the kilograms math. I just right, will get math, essentially a, a gram per pound. And the, the RDA is not even close. And so you start to do the math in your head. I'm a hundred pounds. I got to have a hundred grams of protein. That's a lot of protein. If I eat three meals a day, 30 plus grams of sitting, how am I going to get that? That's a lot. And so I think the conversation around building, building and maintaining lean muscle mass and protein as a vehicle to help you get there is an important one, but it's not necessarily a straightforward one, specifically if 
you lean vegetarian or vegan or Mediterranean, much easier if you lean carnivore. Mm-hmm. You get you really great bang for your buck if you're consuming a lot of, you know, beef and chicken and eggs and so forth, but a lot more difficult. And so I think that is fascinating. And a conversation I've had on our show and continue to to have and I'm and very interested in as I am 48. And so I'm thinking 65 isn't that far away. In some ways it's long, long ways away, but in other ways, uh, seems, seems like it's creeping up. And so maintaining muscle mass is something in terms of the, the longevity conversation I find to be very interested in. It's, I think it's so interesting. And actually personally, I just started doing more like serious weight training in the gym and someone that I met at the gym, we were having this exact protein conversation. So I've been trying to incorporate 30 grams in each sitting, which is to your point, it's super hard. And I think I've done the exercise of actually like tracking it for a week to try to understand, which I think everybody should do just to get a baseline understanding. But to your point, you know, I'm someone that's mostly plants. I do eat some meat, but now it's definitely putting me more, I'm definitely incorporating more meat. And I I think the bigger conversation to also your point is what once felt like, hey, I don't want to be eating all this meat, but now you also have evidence and people like forces of nature who are coming out with regenerative meat that I feel like, okay, well, I know that this is better for me. It's higher nutrient level. Like there's other benefits here that I wasn't getting. And so how does that become part of the conversation with regenerative meat supply as well? Yeah, look, it's such a, I think most of our community, to your point, leans, I would say, plant heavy. And so if you're really open to science and you're really trying to optimize longevity, I think many people are going to find themselves at a crossroads, myself included. You know, the example I'll use today, I'm, I'm, typically an intermittent faster. And I, I've, I've had to shrink my window. I would do 18 to 20. Usually now I'm like 14 to 16, just because I need to eat more. Right. I, I wouldn't eat breakfast. And, you know, for today I had my wallaby grass-fed um, uh, Greek yogurt with your granola, <laughs> with your chocolate peanut butter granola. Because I'm like, I need to get the protein and, you know, put a little honey on there as well. Um, but I, I, I think it's, it's, it's really interesting. And I track my blood work and I do it twice a year. I'll see if anything really moves significantly, but I think we're at a crossroads there. If, if you're open, if you're truly open to changing diet, to optimize longevity, I think, I think it's, uh, it, it's going to be difficult for a lot of people, myself included. Yeah. yeah. I think it's super interesting and just interesting also just in general of strength training and protein coming more into women where it's traditionally been so focused on men, right? You're kind of hidden on our fitness trend. All right, let's jump to the fitness one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the, the two conversations really go hand in hand because you, you know, you can't eat your way to the right muscle mass and bone density and, and strength training or resistance training is such a huge component in it. And when you look at the mind-body class data over the past years, weight training is a top three class. And we are seeing this shift, especially in women, because I think when you used to think about strength training or you know weightlifting, 
you know, we all have that stereotype of, of maybe some bros at the gym. <laughs> um, and, and now really women are taking it on and leading this this shift. I know I personally am coming at it from a, a bone density standpoint. And while I used to love Pilates, I've I've now found a nice happy medium in kind of my longevity goals and my love of like the meditative state of Pilates with doing a lot more Legree resistance training. So I feel like I get both of those benefits. And then also dabbling in um, Todd McCullough, our mutual friends, um, mind right kettlebell workouts, and I'm able to incorporate it in in that way. But it's such an important part of both the longevity conversation and the bone density conversation, and they go hand in hand. Do you think we'll see changes in classes being offered or more people getting back to the gym? You know what's so fun in Miami? They are really at the forefront when it comes to so many of the physical sides of well-being. And we love walking by our local gym where they're doing kettlebell workouts outside. They've got huge cohorts of men and women doing it together. So I think we're already starting to see that shift, which is really exciting. Absolutely. All right. And then moving on to home. Home. Well, there's there's lots of exciting changes happening within the home. One of them is the new plant paradigm. We know Instagram and then the pandemic with people spending more time at home, lots of macro causes of this wonderful shift um, to people incorporating more plants into their home. But now that trend's evolving where people are really opting for the colors of, of plants and flowers and not just the greenery. And there's so many health benefits to it. But when you think of plants, like we all just get this, of course, of course I love flowers. They they bring those magical moments of life where we're like, yes, that's why I'm alive. This is stunning. And there's studies that show that you know certain colors have more of a restorative impact on our well-being, that yellow flowers can actually improve feelings of relaxation. And when we think of our overall happiness, we're all impacted so differently by the environment that we live in. Even within the two of us, I, I, I know Jason really thrives when he's working and when he's working on his focus time, when it's an office that really has those personal touches of well-being. I can kind of, you know, go to an office <laughs> with poor lighting and no windows and make it through, but we're all so personal when it comes. And making these really subtle changes can have really big impacts, especially for certain people on their own health and well-being. And Second in the home, you know, we've been talking so much about the importance of circadian rhythms. Obviously, as a as a brand, Mind Body Green is talking a lot about sleep these days because it's such a problem that so many of us are struggling with. And you know, some of the big optimizations come when you start your day. So we've been talking a lot about sunlight and how important it is to get that sunlight when you you first wake up. Now that we're in Miami, we're trying to have our morning coffee outside uh, to to help ensure we get that. But in making those investments in things in your house that really speak to the circadian rhythm. So whether it be blackout curtains, whether it be an alarm clock that actually helps you bring in that and usher in that morning light, especially if you're in the Northeast or a part of America where getting that morning sunlight is harder. You know, those are the type of home investments that we're seeing people interested in making. Love that because sleep, I'm obsessed with all things sleep, I feel like. And I love that you guys are too. You're talking to the right people <laughs> and have the sleep support, which I'm, you know, most such a fan of. Awesome. Well, let's move on to a little bit of a rapid fire for 2023 slash 2022. So the best lessons that you've learned this past year. 
So for, for me, it's this idea of we need to get back to, to IRL connection and we are in a loneliness epidemic and without question, the experiment of isolating, I'm going to remove COVID from this, uh, isolating by ourselves and not connecting with people in real life is it's terrible. And I think in the, in the context of health and wellness, you know, you talk about health, you talk about nutrition, you talk about fitness, we tend not to talk about the power of connection and how important it is. And it reminds me of my, my all time favorite study, the Rosetto study. So Rosetto was a small town in rural Pennsylvania. And in the 1950s, heart disease enters America and we see heart disease explode, if you will, across America in not a good way, except for Rosetto. There's almost an absence of heart disease and no one could figure it out because you had this, it was a small, close knit Italian community. These people were drinking, they were smoking, they were eating meatball, you know, meatball, <laughs> pasta, all the things you would equate with an unhealthy lifestyle. However, because it was such a close knit community, multi-generational living was paramount. People would often be breaking bread with neighbors, socializing on a daily basis. They were so connected. And the hypothesis is because they were so connected, they were almost immune from heart disease, even though they were doing all these terrible, bad things. And so in the early sixties, community starts to break up. People start to move away. Heart disease enters Rosetto and catches up with the rest of the United States. And I just think it wow. is so fascinating as we think about connection and the power and health benefits of real relationships. We can optimize the crap out of our sleep and nutrition and muscles and all of those things. But if we lack that IRL connection, we are going to be not in a good place when it comes to our longevity. And so to me, coming out of, of COVID, uh, I just think given the loneliness epidemic, we just all need to really focus on IRL connection. I guess a cousin for that, for me, is really finding these magical moments of, of joy. When I look at wellness, you know, there are the optimizers who are testing everything and optimizing every element of their diet or fitness. And then I see a lot of wellness where calendaring in a lot of various appointments, doing self-care. And I think that we lose track of really connecting to the spark that we get, the joy that we get, those magical moments of joy, whether it's, you know, the flowers uh, that we pass, whether it's looking at, you know, the ocean and the water for me personally gives me a lot of joy. And I'm moving here to Miami, just, you know, seeing water and being near the beach is such a source of, of joy and inspiration for me. Uh, I think it's important that as the conversation progresses, we don't lose sight of, of having those joy and those sparks in life. I love that. What are you most looking forward to in 2023? So one of the things we're doing together here 
is pickleball. And that brings us so fun. Joy. (laughs) (laughs) And when you are in Miami, we'll have to, to get on the court together. But it's one of those activities that really encourages you to get out of your head, forget anything that's going on with work because you have to concentrate. That ball goes really fast and uh, you've got to stay on your toes. So it's been really fun kind of learning a, a new sport and doing it together. And I think they're embedded in pickleball, at least where we play within South Florida, there's a community element. Uh, we really don't have any interest in doing singles. So for us, we're always doing it together. It's a doubles kind of mindset and it's really social. And as we enter our 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 next chapter as residents, we still have this you know, wonderful tourist glow where we love trying new things and doing things for the first time, second time. And I want to make sure that, you know, we keep that, that uh, enthusiasm for all things within life from an exploration standpoint. Yeah. Just to reiterate it. Look, I think we live in a magical age where there's so much technology and there's so many actionable insights from this technology and all the testing and the labs and all of the things that I do as far as where my aura and weapon do 28 vials of blood twice a year. And that's important. But this this focus on joy, this focus on connection cannot be underestimated. And you know, there's the art and the science to this. And I think the science is all of the technology and all the testing. And I think so much of the art is is the joy and the magic of connection. And there's actually a lot of science to support those things. But I think bringing that conversation front and center again, I think is so important and something I'm looking forward to. I love that. Well, I'm looking forward to coming to Miami and playing pickleball with you guys. I think you're going to be a force to be reckoned with on the court. Well, I, I've got the law. I've got the lengths that help. Right. Me. Both of you. He does have a good wingspan. I've got the wingspan. <laughs> but I, I do think, I think that keeping like for me and maybe it's a little bit too regimented but keeping a list of the things that bring me joy so that you can remember because it's like it's so easy just to get into your routine and say be on this constant motion of everyday life to step back and be like okay I haven't done any of these things that bring me joy and so maybe a good tip for people is gathering time in their head of like what can they do to bring them joy Although slugging protein throughout the day is is something I'm not fighting people, but I, I think that's <laughs> one thing we're trying to reconcile and figure out that, how that works for, for us. Yeah, I want to hear what you're eating in a typical day. I'm still trying to figure it out. I, I like sardines. That helps. <laughs> Oof. But yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but I would say sardines, if you're talking about nutrient density, sardines pack a punch and they're actually, actually quite reasonable. So. <laughs> All right. Well, lastly, three favorite wellness tools. Maybe it's your sardines to bring into 2023. Uh, wow. I'd rather keep it to three. On the technology side, I love my Aura. I love my Whoop. Uh, I love our eight sleep mattress on top of our avocado or no, our eight sleep pod on top of our avocado mattress. <laughs> um, I love all of our products all of our supplements we take between it between the two of us we take all of them if you could Um, only take one of yours what would it be so which i know it's not easy yeah so for me it would be methylation support because i could go as far as saying like save my life so without going out i'll 
try to do a brief summary of methylation. So there is a marker homocysteine, which essentially measures how you're methylating. And it's also a measure of inflammation in the body and the blood vessels to some degree. And so your, your, your homocysteine should be under 15. I discovered mine was 63, which to this day, every func every functional acid doctor I talked to, so it's the highest I've ever seen. And when your homocysteine level is high, it can lead to a blood clot, like a pulmonary embolism, which Colleen had after a fight a decade ago, or an aneurysm. So it can be catastrophic. And it's like a, a J curve, like the higher the number goes, you're increased. Like I, I'm so lucky we caught it. And I remember doing the test with Frank Lippman years ago. He thought it was a mistake. That's how high it was. Wow. And so he put me on a cocktail of supplements. I was taking like four or five capsules, different products to, to get it down. I took it from 63 to 23. And then eventually it was stuck between like 13 and 18 and nothing I could do would get it down. And so we worked with our team to create a product, Methylation Support Plus, that tweaked all of the things I was taking, one, to eliminate the number of capsules I was taking to just two, but also tweak the formula to kind of optimize it. And so I actually just got blood work done and my homocysteine is now 10 and a half. Wow. That's like amazing. Normal. And yeah, it is amazing. And, and if I think about, so this isn't just a problem unique to me. I have the MTHFR gene, which almost half the population does. And if you have the MTHFR gene, like they don't even test for it. It's so common. You are likely not methylating optimally like me i have a double copy of the c677t which makes me even worse but at any rate this is a problem that a lot of people probably have but aren't aware and you want homocysteine low dale bredesen who is a leader in the cognitive decline space specifically on alzheimer's like wants your homocysteine to be seven or eight and so yeah I'm like, oh, I got it to 10. Well, I'm going to keep working. And so it is so critical for brain health and cardiovascular health. And so that is the product I would pick because I genetic, there's nothing I can do with diet wow. that can fix it. Like, and look, we always, I take a lot of supplements, but our motto is always like start with food and lifestyle first and then supplement if you need to. So like this one, I can't diet or exercise my way out of my methylation homocysteine. The only thing that'll work for me and for most people who want to lower this is supplementing. So that's mine. An absolute must. Yes. Yeah. From a tool standpoint, you know, I think a lot of our perspective on wellness and well-being has evolved this year. We have three living parents and they're all well until their 70s and for us, the importance of, of laying the foundation now for the life we want to live when we're in our 70s, our 80s, and 90s has, has really become clear for us this year. So I'm super excited about resistance training. I'm super excited about being more thoughtful about my protein intake. And while we never recommend counting things when it comes to diet, protein would probably be our our exception, and you know, especially for me, where protein intake 
uh, does not come naturally, um, not naturally uh, carnivorous. And last, what you know, my day in and day out staple is our sleep support plus. I just know even if it's a night when I can get to sleep, I'll have better, better, more sound sleep if I do it with sleep support. So that's my Desert Island product. Love it. Jason and Colleen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Everyone head over to Mind Body Green because while we talked about some of the highlights, there's certainly more trends that you had for 2023. So get the full picture there. And anything else in closing? It's great to see you. And uh, I absolutely love your cereal. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you you finally did it. It has been a, a long time coming. So we're thrilled. So thank you so much. And thank you so much for being here today. So wonderful to see you guys. See you Wait in Florida our, soon. Our pleasure. See you on the pickleball court. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.